Welcome back, guys. We are here today to talk about, again, whatever happened yesterday, and look to the future. Maybe Let's put some smiles on some faces. Let's uh, give a ray of sunshine, some hope out there today. The show features Tyler Fornes and Deshaun Vaughn as they talk your Minnesota Vikings with you, the fans. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to CTP Monday, where it's me, Deshaun, and our lovely producer, Dave, here to talk to you about... <laughs> let's, let's explain what happened yesterday. This is a... Uh... So our Minnesota Vikings, our beloved, beloved Minnesota Vikings, went into Detroit and did something. It's hard to describe what it is, but it was something. They fell 27-29 to to the worst team in the NFL. Uh, How you feeling, Dave? I just... (laughs) A terrible first half... Much better second half offensively, but terrible ending to the game. Where do the Vikings go from here, man? It's like, so for the 49ers lost. It wasn't bad. They competed. They lost. 49ers are an okay team. They have some okay players. The Lions. <laughs> the Lions are a collegiate football team. Like, ah, uh, man, just so... So much bad stuff going on yesterday. It looks like everybody should have been fired. <laughs> if we didn't have that Thursday game, if we did not play the Steelers on Thursday, it feels like everybody would have been left on the bus. Nobody's getting back on the plane. Everybody's driving back to Minnesota. <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah, it was bad. And if, for my opinion, for those who need it, catch yesterday's show, the final score after the game, I was... Uh, Quite a bit into it. <laughs> Even got a little bit uh, cranked up at a couple points. Uh, it was bad. That was the general assumption. And uh, But as the title of this show is, one good thing. Let's see if we can mention at least one good thing about yesterday's game. I can mention a couple good things. Justin Jefferson is nice, man. <laughs> that guy is good. JJ <laughs> rocks. And he made the that cover is nice. of the thumbnail. Um, that's, oh, and- look at that. We got. Real quick, I just want to shout out everybody in the audience. Mary is back. Of course, Mary has a special place in our hearts. We love you, Mary. We have Joseph in the chat. We feel the same way about you, Joseph. We love every- Raymond. We got everybody in the chat. We got Skull from Argent. <laughs> What? You don't see that, Dave? (laughs) Cheer cheer up, chocolate baby. I'm trying. I'm trying. There's no cheer over here. (laughs) That's what alcohol is for. They call it cheer for a reason. (laughs) So, we try not to, you know, it's been a down season. The Vikings already have seven losses on the season. So, we try not to, you know beat a dead horse here so we're gonna try to get some some positivity in here to try to highlight some good stuff that's the stat that came out today since uh the win in new orleans in the playoffs it's uh teams 12 and 29 jesus that's bad (laughs) that's real bad 
I have a favorite. So it feels like. No, I have a favorite Christmas movie. I watch it every year, except for I haven't watched it this year. I might watch it after the show. It's called White Christmas. It's an older one, way before your time, Deshaun. But it stars Bing Crosby. And uh, starts in World War II. And then after the fact of World War II, the story is about a retired general. But in it, there's a love affair between Bing and the leading actress. And uh, they get to one point where they talk about, they do a song called Count Your Blessings. And here in Minnesota, that's the theme of, I'm taking the theme of tonight's show is to count our blessings. We've already counted one, Justin Jefferson, by far. The premier uh, young receiver in the league, Justin Jefferson, is absolutely tearing this league up. He should be utilized more than he is. Yesterday, he got, I think it was 183 yards on 11 uh, catches. He should be given more attempts. Uh, That was possibly the failure in the first half, but we won't get into that. He, uh, Raymond loves that movie. Uh, (laughs) It's a great movie. It is, and it puts you in an awesome mood. And talk about global warming, they even have back then. When Vermont, they go out there to ski areas and they're not getting snow. It's warm. Um, it's Justin Jefferson's one. We have some nice blessings on the team. We have uh, O'Neal at right tackle. We'll get Derisaw back at left tackle. He has shown all sorts of promise. Those are nice pillars to have moving forward. There's, uh, on the defensive side, we've got some glimmer of hope from the young guys. Wanham uh, got another sack. Lynch played outstanding. It's, even Dantzler, even though, disregard that last play where he was covering the corner and nobody was there. Um, Dantzler had a good game. It's just, there, it, there's hope. And one of the other blessings that came out of yesterday's game is that it solidified things, at least amongst fans. There is no more doubt that it by the end of this season, it may come earlier, it may come after, it may come Friday. By the end of this season, we will be gone at least the head coach. We may be gone the head coach, GM, and quarterback, We don't know. That's all going to work itself out. But we all know that what we've gone through, you know, these last couple years and the frustration that's brought us is ending. And that's a blessing because we all like to turn that, you know, that page, go on to that new book or to that new chapter. And that's going to happen this year. And that's a blessing. The blessing is it's clarified. We know it's going to happen. I don't see any way it's not, barring an absolute miracle. So it's a good thing. Yesterday produced some good things. Even though we Real lost. quick, I just want to shout out uh, Lene and Melina in the chat. Look like two new commenters. I, I don't think I've seen Lane before, so welcome to you know CTP Monday family. I hope we can have you back. Uh, Melina, thank you for our, <laughs> your comments. I hope you're here every Monday, too. Um, so, like you said, Dave, solidifying what needs to be changed is something that this team has kind of struggled with. That's kind of lived in the, we can have one more go at it. 
for the last four or five years. So now this loss to the Lions and this loss to the 49ers, two teams that we absolutely should have beat. You know for a fact that things are going to change. And I think the best part about it is this is an attractive job for everybody out there. I think so too. So as of right now, argue that, but I think, I think coming to Minnesota, be a head coach, be a GM. And I hope the GM goes as well. Um, would be attractive to anybody because one, it's not like the olden days when uh, they had to get the prospects drunk before they show, showed them Winter Park. It is, ooh, come look at our stadium, and it's the best in the league, or at least top three. Ooh, come look at Egan at our training center, which is the best in the league. You know our owners, they support you. They'll give you a long leash. They'll get you what you want or need, right? For a new coach coming in, you can't come into a better situation than that. For a GM coming in, you can't get into a better situation than that. Short term, you might look and go, I'm stuck with Kirk Cousins unless I can dish him and his $45 million. Kirk Cousins would be a different story if he was making 20, but he's making 45 next year. Right, um, and it's right. hard to fix things when you don't have money to fix things. But long term, you know that within the next two years, you're going to have that money. You're going to have mm-hmm. your people that you've selected doing the things you want to do. Right? It might not be automatic, immediate, but that may not be such a bad thing. But it's going to happen, and you're going to have the time and the support to do that. And to me, if I was a coaching prospect or a GM prospect, I would die for uh, to get into Minnesota. You know it's a great fan base, as evident by the people here. You know um, your, your facilities are there. You've got great young talent to build upon, at least on the offensive side of the ball. And you can do things. And it's, it's not a perpetual den of misery like in Detroit or the Jets or Cleveland was, right? So it's going to be highly attractive to any prospect that comes up in interviews for a job. Hey, Joseph, we were done talking about Weatherly, man. He hasn't been on the team in a while. Why you got to bring him back? I know we struggled <laughs> yesterday, but we're done, we're done. Let's not talking about Weatherly no more. But yes, like you said, not even thinking about the players. We just forget about what they have. And I think from a Minnesota standpoint, the owners are probably some of the most likable owners in the NFL. They like they never cause issues. They've always gotten great reviews from the coaches and their GMs or sister GMs. So you have that. You have this beautiful new facility this, and this amazing fan base. You have this fan base that's incredibly engaged. They're going to show up to every game. It's not like the Chargers, where it's hit and miss. They're going to sell out every single game. They're going to have that crowd behind you, win or lose, really. I mean, our fans are great whether we win or lose. They may they may bitch a lot if we're losing, but they're still there. You know they care because they're talking about you. So the fan base, the facility, the, the owners, that right there is already super attractive. And then you go to the offensive side of the football, and we can just go down a row. Christian Darrisaw, I think it's like 23. Ezra Cleveland's like 23. 
You need a new center. You possibly need a new right guard. Brian O'Neill's like 26. JJ's 22. Cook is 26. Thielen is 30. You're gonna, KJ Osborne is like 24. So you ha- and then when Irv Smith comes back, he's only like 24. Right. You have this offense already set up for you. All you have to do is go get your guy at quarterback, and that's what coaches and GMs always want. They want to be able to go out, get their guy when they're starting, and build from there. And then there's also the history there. Minnesota's never won a championship. They feel like this cursed team. They've had five or six years where they've been close and haven't been able to do it. You come in and do it, you're a hero. Like, you go down in the records book, record books as one of the best Minnesota coaches of all time because no other coach has done it. Because, <laughs> like, I think, and I think when you put all that into account, I think Minnesota is going to have top pick of the coaches. Now, uh, in the group chat, someone did mention that Denver is a very good football team. And they mm-hmm. are going to be a very attractive spot for Spot some veteran well. quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It's for Aaron Rodgers, who's could be available. Deshaun Watson, pending his legal situations, and then Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. Mm-hmm. So they, so if one, if they get one of those quarterbacks, they probably become the prime spot for a new coach because you kind of get that Matt Lafleur kind of start where your right. team's the already. Only, the only difference on that I would see is Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are up in years. Uh, Deshaun yeah. Watson obviously isn't. He's young, but he's got to clear his legal issues, and then you've got to put the clamps down on him to make sure those legal issues do not rear their heads again. Um, right. But. So, yeah. Uh, and then on the defensive side of the ball, defense isn't – I feel like defense isn't really like the, the calling card or the selling card for anybody anymore. You're kind of looking for up-and-coming offensive minds. You're looking yeah, for modern, modern minds. Right. So and there's and we just happen to have a large group of them this season. They've really come out in droves this year. Uh, just rattle off a couple of names that the audience is kind of going to be familiar with. We have Brian Leftwich. He's now uh, the OC for the Buccaneers. Buccaneers offense is on fire this year. We don't hear about it much. They also have Tom Brady, but their offense is killing it this year. We have Joe Brady, who was recently fired, and I'm not necessarily sure why he was fired i mean he had to deal with sam darnold then he had to kind of come back with cam newton so we don't really get to see his offense to that extent but he has that he has that justin jefferson connection now what so I've that heard could about be something right there brady or what i read about brady today because since we're into this point i'm starting my own research into some of these potential candidates is that uh Brady and his present head coach came to heads over the running the football. His present one wants to run, 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 run. Sounds like Zimmer. Um, and Joe Brady wanted a more open LSU-style offense like he had right. in LSU and a more modern one. And they eventually just came to a difference of opinions, and Joe Brady was let go over that. And so that Yeah, so when you – yeah, and I mean, when you saw what LSU did, how can you argue with Joe Brady? I mean, I know Matt Rule is like he was like this this hot coaching prospect coming out, but I mean, Carolina Panthers' offense has kind of been down in the dumps. Joe Brady didn't have the quarterback to run his offense. That was probably the biggest issue. Didn't have the quarterback. Didn't really have the offensive line to run the kind of offense he wants. You bring him to Minnesota. You get you let him pick his quarterback. 
and then you let him fix the offensive line, and you already have the weapons Mm -hmm. to do what he wants to do. We have Kellen Moore, who played against... Well, we we faced Kellen Moore and unfortunately lost to a backup quarterback. We don't even talk about that anymore. (laughs) He has kind of elevated Dak Prescott a little bit. Um, He's a really hot name because he played a little bit. So Uh familiar to a lot of guys. There's quite a few people on Uh, this list that were ex-quarterbacks. Brian DeBall, uh, probably... Probably the favorite of just about – he's probably going to be the number one candidate this offseason because of the work he's done with Josh Allen, even though Allen's kind of regressing a tad bit. But because of the season, Josh Allen had an MVP-like season. He's he's not having an MVP-like season this year, but he's still doing much better than what he was his first couple of seasons. And so he's probably going to be the number one choice of a lot of guys. Um, out of KC, there's, uh, there's two choices. There's Eric Bieniemy. But he has a history. I'm not exactly sure what that history is, but there's a reason why he hasn't become a coach yet. I'm do some more digging, try to see if I can figure that out. But and then you also have Mike Kafka. He mm-hmm. reportedly he's been like involved. He's their pass game coordinator. And but anytime yeah. anytime you're involved with Patrick Mahomes, you're gonna get a look. Anytime you're involved with any quarterback who's like four years in and already like considered a future Hall of Famer, you're gonna get a look. So there are so many options out there, and it's the best time to need a young offensive line. It's the best time to already have your your offense set up. Now you just got to go get it done. And I mean, they should do things. And I want to what I want them to do is to do things as if Kirk Cousins isn't there. I know that's hard because he has a forty five million dollar contract, and the Vikings are already scheduled to be eight millions over the cap, even with the increase to two oh eight. So, but they need to operate as if Kirk Cousins is not there. They need to, I've kind of gone back and forth on the whole drafting a QB competition if Cousins is still there because I kind of want to see what you can do with Kellen Munn. Uh, Doug Peterson, after what happened when Reich left, not sure how much you can trust Peterson with an offense. Because it seems like the Phillies offense that won the Super Bowl was uh, was a culmination of a lot of people and not just one guy, but it also seemed like Frank, Frank Reich was the driving force behind that offense. Timothy Joshua Daniels. Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels is always, always, always going to be a top head coach candidate every single season but he just never leaves New England. And I don't blame him. You coach with Bill Belichick, you never have to worry about your defense. I don't blame him for leaving. I really don't. He's not going to leave. He is not going to leave New England unless he gets the absolute perfect situation. And as of right now, the only situation I can see that being is Denver. Go out there. If they get Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or Deshaun Watson, I can see McDaniels going to Denver because their defense is already set. Don't have to worry about it. Offense is Basically already said they extended Patrick and they extended Sutton. Offensive line is not bad at all. So that situation I could see him going to. I remember as a few years ago, he got hired by the Colts and then quit. <laughs> so I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on him coming to Minnesota just because while our situation is attractive, it's not perfect. There's, there's still work to be done. So I wouldn't count on him. I yeah, would more so count team. on... Yeah, you have an entire defense to rebuild. Not entire. So I will more count on the up-and-coming guys. Mm-hmm. So, like, Mike Kafka, I think it's going to be someone we should watch out for. 
and then the ball and then um Leftwich. I think those are the three guys. If, in my opinion, I think that's the three guys that they would interview and start to consider. Now, let's look at some of the players on the roster moving forward. We don't have many players, though, well, outside of the one-year deal guys that are going to be gone, like Rashad Breland, Xavier Woods is going to be gone. I don't see Michael Pierce making it beyond this season with the way uh, Watts was playing. And then Thomason, I think, has one more year on his deal. What do you do with these players? Do you just let them go outright and start over? Or do you try to salvage things? Because you're looking at you're looking at the defense falling off a cliff. The defense has already fell off a cliff. It's already been bad. But we have to factor in that I don't like blaming injuries, but you can't well, lose Kendrick's up. Right. You can't lose Kendrick's Barb, Griffin, and Hunter and expect to still have a competent defense. It's just it's not super realistic. Really, no matter who your coach is. You can only send the players out there to play. You can't play for them. Yeah, so I heard uh, yesterday when over half the salary cap is out due to injuries on your defensive side, you're hurting. It's, it's yeah, and that's it's just that's that, that's twenty. Yeah, that's twenty twenty nine points to the Lions right there, and mm-hmm. it sucks. But that's just reality of football. You're going to deal with injuries. You got to. I know we say next man up, but at some point there just isn't. There's a drop off with the next man mm-hmm. up, and and I, I talked about this in the do chat in the group chat. Minnesota's depth is not bad, in my opinion. What happens right. is that too many times we have five to six depth pieces playing all at the same time. You you can't have that. You can't have that happen. Like when Dantzler had to come in for Breland, he was fine. When Vigil played a couple of games for Anthony Barr. He wasn't great, but he was serviceable. When you missed when you missed Hunter, but you still had Griffin on the other side, pass rush hurt, but you can still get to the passer with certain blitzes. Mm-hmm. When Pierce was out, Watts stepped in and he was fine. But what we're seeing is now that you have Vigil, Die, Lynch, <laughs> Willikies, Wanu, <laughs> Dantzler, all on the field at the same time. Even Chris Boyd got some snaps in yesterday. That's when you know you are in trouble, man. It's just There's no way around that. Now, I don't want to give the defense a pass, but Jared Goff is an NFL quarterback, and those guys on the other side are NFL players. At some point, you're going to start to give as a defense with all these injuries. Oh, no, without a doubt. And Doug said people must be blind. Our defense sucks. Nobody's Arguing with you on that, Doug. Our defense has played bad. They're ranked like 30th. Yeah, and that's, and that's, just, that's it's disappointing. Bad. It is. You have, a defensive, you have a defensive coach, and you're kind of like, at least people wondering, like, what is he there for? I get it. But what well, we can't ignore is that. Year, he said with his four guys, you know, meaning Pierce, Hunter, um, Barr, and I want to say Kendricks or uh, Harrison Smith, um, playing together, this is going to be a really good defense. He hasn't had one single game where they've all been there. Um, and the defense has reflected that. They've been bad. There's there's no argument there. They've been bad. When, they, and that's when not they're to... that bad, the offense needs to step up. That's the only so way yeah, to I don't do think it. that's to like... To like, I don't think that's to like defend not firing Zimmer. I think right. once you get to that point, no, we're at the point. You need to Zimmer needs. Yeah, to. you need to move to the point where defensive injuries are not going to affect you that much. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we are as a team. We've now had two years in a row where defensive injuries have kind of killed this team. We now need to move to the point where your your defensive they're not going to do that. That your offense is going to be a driving force. It's going to be the reason why you win. It's going to be the reason why you lose. Right. And that's that kind of where we're moving. Your cap towards. distribution isn't so that yeah, your top starter guys are making bank. But it doesn't leave you enough money to fill the holes or to fill quality backups if you need quality backups that aren't found in the draft. And, of course, you want to find some in the draft. You want to find, hopefully, the majority of them. But that doesn't always work either. And that's where a decent GM, um, and Rick Spielman's been decent over his time, but he has his misses, and especially certain spots, comes in, they can hopefully fix that course they can obviously go the next the other way same with a head coach hopefully when the wilfs as reported by doogie last week they're starting their due diligence on looking at possible candidates at both those positions head coach and gm um that they make the correct choices right that they don't fall into the trap of taking advice from the drunk guy on the corner that says draft you know what's his face from Texas, Texas A&M, whatever. And, uh, <laughs> hey, look, we got Ryan. Ryan Ryan came to join us today. Welcome, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, CTP royalty. <laughs> uh-huh. And but as yeah, Ryan I- says, we have a very good offense, but they only put up six points in the first half. That that, that first half performance was pathetic. Um, the first six drives we get into the Lions territory or start in the Lions territory. And we came away with nine points on yeah, that's six just drives that can't in their territory. You can't do that. Our, we have enough weapons. Kirk Cousins can play well enough. He did after that when it really didn't matter. We're down by 20 points. Um, it's just... You got to start out. You got to make, you got to take those. Hopefully, a modern offense takes those opportunities and racks up points. I want to go back to the Denny Green philosophy of hey, my defense isn't great, but if I can stop you once or twice a game, I know my offense can outscore you. We love those games. We were averaging 35 plus points a game. I want to go back to that where we have that high powered. It's exciting to watch because we're going to score. Yes, I love a good defensive game. But I want in this day and age, you're probably going to win more if you can go out there and pump out 35 points a game than you can trying to hold a team in this age under 17 points for 17 games. It looks virtually impossible to do. Yeah, definitely. And it's the, the offense is there. I mean, the offensive line has its up and down days and it they gave up a, a, a lot of pressure but it didn't feel like they did give up the strip sack but it didn't look like they gave up enough pressure early on for the offense to be that bad like you said we got into their territory twice and only came away with six points total so, six times by the time we hit that third field goal six so times yeah you just you have to play better you just you have to play better offensively offensive it, offense has to be your calling card, so you have to maximize yes. that. And Clint Kubiak just isn't doing that consistently. So is you got to move on, and you have to. Yes, now sir. the offensive play calling wasn't always bad. 
that shot play to Jefferson was a fantastic play call. Should have been a touchdown, but Cousins kind of missed. He didn't miss. He was a little late on the throw. And then the rollouts were working perfectly. So the well, play calling and isn't they were always bad. Denver wasn't playing against the rollouts. Teams right. have learned how to do the play-action rollout against the Vikings. You send up uh, a defender into the rollout, right? And that takes it away for the most part. Detroit was like, nah, we're not going to. We'll let you throw. And they were brilliant because Kirk Cousins on a rollout is deadly. He is one of the best. He's definitely top five when it comes out to accuracy out of the rollout. It's just you've got to take advantage of it on more plays, more higher percentage of your plays than what they did. You want – you talk about there were some good play calls. Yes, there were some good play calls. You need more good play calls as a percentage than the, here, I'm going to hand the ball off to Madison up the middle for two yards, right? That's not a brilliant play call, especially when you're going for two. Um, You don't do things like that. So you've got to outweigh that. That's why I'm hoping with the new coach, whoever it is, is offensive-minded and can take that modern type of offensive thinking and do revert back to the Denny Green deal. We're going to score every drive. That's, that should be, that should be the OC's goal. We're going to score every drive, you know, and, and do it that way. If you, if you change your mentality to something positive like that, our goal is to score every drive or we lose, right? The defense could go, Hey, we're going to hold you on every drive. The, the fact that you won't probably on either is okay, but that's your goal, right? And it's it's a much more attainable goal, goal mentally, right, than worrying about so much as the scheme, as the um, who's got this, who's got that, or whatever. I mean, all that plays a part, but it's the mental, I'm not, I can't let these guys get past me, whatever it is. Right, I got to play ten yards off so they don't throw the ball over me. Right? No, worry about what it takes to stop them, and not give it to them. And it's a whole mental, like I said, a mentality deal. I want a positive one. We're going to score every drive, and we're going to win. We do that, we win. And the games are much more exciting for us to watch. <laughs> yeah, but our games have gotten kind of mundane, man. It really is the same game every week. It's like the same thing happens. It's a, it's the same movie on repeat, man. It never changes. It's odd. I don't know how they do it. It's like it's extremely difficult to do, but they do it every week. Well, the <laughs> Vikings are in prime time. I think two more times this season, unless they get uh, rotated out. But for Please. the prime time viewers, it's for the networks. It's hey, it always goes down to the last play. It's right, right, six or seven times this yeah. season. Yeah, they're you not going to rotate us out. It's too exciting. They well, for other people, I hate more it. Than I one score. <laughs> so, as we start to move forward, the Vikings, uh, I forget where I saw this from, but the Vikings playoff chances have dropped to about 25%. Before this game, before the loss to the 49ers, the Vikings had a couple of tiebreakers that was kind of keeping them mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Uh, they had a solid record against NFC opponents, and then they had a really good divisional record. The last two games killed that. So now the Vikings cannot make the playoffs on their own. They need a lot of help. So moving forward, we're trying. We're kind of shifting towards what the Vikings need to do to be better next season. So we've. Uh, I've started ranking 
kind of like the needs for this Vikings team. And at first I was thinking like cornerback edge, those are kind of your weak spots. But now I'm thinking they have to do whatever they can do to make sure that the offensive line, I don't want to say elite, but you need to get as close as you possibly can to that. I think that's the first step towards getting that offense to an elite level is that you need consistency from the offensive line. Because against the 49ers, they weren't horrible. They were actually pretty good. But then you come and play the Lions, and you're not so good. And It doesn't really make sense. You're playing a significantly lesser defensive line, but you're playing worse. I mean, it's a couple of guys who had a position. We had Cole at right guard. We had a bunch of moving around or whatever, but still. A lot yeah. of the same guys, so like to all those guys have experience. You move all... three guys. It's not right. So I mean, that was a definite low odds gamble. Right. High odds so gamble. I'm thinking you go in there, you fix your center, you fix your right guard, and then you start to move towards defense. Because now on defense, you need two corners, you need a new linebacker to replace Bar, you need another edge guy, and you're not going to be able to get this all this year, but. And the Vikings also can't be big players in free agency, unfortunately, like I mentioned earlier. They have, have the ways to, they have ways to create space. If they cut if they cut uh, Michael Pierce, I think that puts them right at the cap line or a little over. And then they can – I'm not entirely sure how Anthony Barr's contract is working, but he has that void. I don't know if he gets that money if he voids. I'm I don't not know. sure how but that I tell you, Let's go over the free agents at the end of the year. Didi Westbrook, he can go. Chad yeah. Beebe, bye Chad. <laughs> hey, hey, the uh, BB Hive is alive and strong. I'm waiting for training camp. <laughs> Tyler Conklin. Now I want to love Conklin, Tyler man. Conklin because I think he's done well. He's he's going to get big money somewhere. We're not going to be able to bring him back. Oh, uh, and the question is how much? Um, Christopher Herndon, bye. <laughs> Luce, did he, Luce. Wait, did he record a snap? Did he record a snap the last two games? Yeah, he was in there. I think he got oh, some man. blocks. What a waste of a fourth. He um, got some yes. blocks. <laughs> um, Luke Stocker. He was in there yesterday, too. Got some blocks. He's also caused some. Um, yes, Rob, car, right? the one person we need <laughs> to keep, no matter what, is Rob Brzezinski. Um, hey, Dan. There's uh, Sean Mannion. <laughs> Bye. Uh, Rashad Hill, bye. Mason Cole, bye. On the defensive nah, we got to keep Mason Cole. I, I think we keep Mason. I think we got to keep him. He hasn't been awful. Then some some hey, will disagree he's a with good me. Villain, but I don't but, think I mean, he... if you got him for minimum, okay. But there's <laughs> yeah, stuff that I don't think I'm not screaming for, for him. I, I you know, yeah. <laughs> there's only two people on this list I'll scream for. Um, Conklin was one of them, but you're right. It depends on the price. On the defensive side. Sheldon Richardson, meh, right? He'll probably want too much money and then go to the Browns or wherever. Everson Griffin, <laughs> if Ev is back, Ev's getting old. I worry about Ev health-wise. I'd rather Ev retire from football and take care of his health and then maybe join as a coach or something. Uh, Tashawn Bauer, uh, I see ya. Nick Vigil, eh, you know, special teamer. Batman maybe. If we can't, yeah, if we can't draft of the line, but now you are, I've, Ryan. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Ryan has been pounding the table for D.D. Westbrook since like last January. He's, look, look, the consistency is good. It's, it's never changed. It has never changed. <laughs> Anthony Barr. Uh, I've been looking at some of the drafts for the linebackers, and it's kind of deep in that in that second to third round area. A lot of athletes. There's this one guy I can't remember his name, but I think his name's like Big Brandon Smith. And this is going to depend on the new head coach. Which way does he want to go on defense? Does he go want to right. go with big linebackers or small linebackers? The NFL is trending towards small, but there is a value for the teams to play the big linebackers. And so, and it all depends on how the who his defensive coordinator is and what that philosophy is there. So, right, yes, but it's deep. But we'll know by then. Lots of athletes. Who the staff is and what they're theoretically going to bring to the table in the way of philosophies, and then we can pair yes, Brandon Smith. Our, our draft guys that way. That's the name. Brandon Smith is electric from Penn State. That man, he, he I don't think he's as big as Barr, but he's like a uh, – who's that guy that came out a couple years ago? Isaiah Simmons from the uh, the Cardinals, athlete, and that's the, that's the guy I want replacing Barr. GMAC, it only took, what, nine, ten years before Spielman hit on a tackle? It feels good to not need an offensive lineman in the first two rounds. You can find guard and center after round yeah, three. It feels in, great in to not. Three, yeah. yeah, you know what you're looking need. for, that's the question. Right. <laughs> and the Minnesota Vikings have had problems with that. Um, Doug, if we make the playoffs, Zimmer isn't going anywhere. I, I'm not so sure about that. I think it would take yeah, him I'll, making the playoffs and going relatively deep in the playoffs for everything to stay. Now, there is what you're right about is there is incentives to keep Zim and Spielman, and they come in the tune of for Rit, or for Coach, uh, I think it's $16 million, $8 million per year that's guaranteed to him. And I think Spielman is probably the same or better. So there's a chunk of change that if he's fired, goes out of the Wilf's pocket because he's not being fired for cause. He's not being fired because he violated some, you know, rule where he went out and murdered somebody. He's being violated for performance, and there was performance keys in his contract that that money is guaranteed. So there is reason to believe if they make the playoffs and go deep into the playoffs, they'll be back next year. But... Question is, will they? And that may not happen. I mean, we keep losing games, and that won't happen. So, right, most everybody's done at this point. I think it's just a matter of time playing that out. Like I said, there's a possibility of a miracle. He could, we could back into the playoffs with an eight and nine record, number seven seed, and then go on and proceed to win the Super Bowl. If that happens, I'll gladly design the statues to go up in front of U.S. Bank Stadium myself, <laughs> and uh, and I will. Happily shut my mouth over Kirk Cousins and his $45 million next year. But that the probability of that is probably less than the probability of us getting to the Super Bowl, which is less than 1%. Continuing on the defense, cornerback, free agent, Rashad Breeland. I have no reason to keep him. Cornerback, yeah. free his agent. His tweets are funny. Mackenzie Alexander. He's Matt had a down Cousins. season. I think he has to go. Uh, yes, I mean, yeah. Uh, safety free agent Xavier Woods. Woods, I could be talked into. He's had he's been decent, but he's relatively young. Cornerback free agent Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson 
when he doesn't have COVID, has been decent. He's on the older side. I would, I, if you could, Ziggy I would may be back. worth like GMAC $1.3 but that doesn't mean he has it in cash and is willing to spend it. Uh, if uh, you may be worth a million in your house and such, but you don't want to give a tenth or a twenty of that, just throw it away. Uh, most of that's in assets. So uh, don't get caught up by this person is worth such such because most of that's tied up in assets. It's just like farmers across northern Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota. They may be worth millions, but it's all tied up into their property and their equipment. And it's not something that's sitting in the bank that they go out and blow, burn $100 bills to light their cigars. It does not work that way. Sorry. And then on uh, special teams free agents, we only have one up next year, and that's Jordan Berry, the punter. And that is the second person I'm screaming to keep. He's been great. Yeah, been he really has. Great. That was such, I'd, that was such I'd, a good I'd move to replace million punter. And a heartbeat. Yeah, and, that was, uh, it was kind of a free agent kicker, yeah. kicker punter. Yeah. About as well as you can actually take go. It was such a weird move at first to replace your punter so late, but it was a great move. No, it's Special a great teams move. has been amazing. He's been fantastic. Australian styles, kicks hard to recover. He is, his uh, uh, average is always good. His net is generally very good because we've got decent coverage teams. I do like the fact that we have a decent special teams coach this year, uh, but that's one of the blessings, the bright sides of this this year. Special teams didn't let us down yesterday. Yeah, so there's a lot to look forward to with this team. It's it's. I don't think the one thing I have to say is I don't think it'll be like was it 2013 where we went like three and 13 or something awful or something like that. I don't think it'll be like that because first of all, Cousins is still Cousins is still a solid quarterback. So you're always going to win game with Kirk Cousins, and the offense is still good. So if you if you bring in a good play caller, you get you bring in somebody that can be consistent and work with Cousins to kind of consistently get him to a level. You're still gonna you're still gonna be competitive in every single game, and you're gonna win a few of those games. So well, I don't think we'll ever right be the now. Lions. Right, we'll never be the Lions. We won't be the Jets. It'll As just suck today, because we'll Cousins, be stuck. Cousins has. The highest floor of just about any quarterback out there, and the lowest ceiling. No, no that floor, man. I, yeah, yeah. I just hate when Cousins is bad, man. He's bad. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, every quarterback has a bad game. That's yeah. That's baked in. But for the most part, Cousins will get you five hundred. Yeah. So just below, and that's and. But and I think that's—I mean—that's solid for the next. At least there will be something to look forward to with the rebuild. It's not going to be like a a three and thirteen rebuild, two and four, or a three and fourteen or whatever. Now, but no, no we, we have some tools. Forward, that's why it's that's why it's so attractive. Uh, most of the offense is coming back, and you've got stuff to work with. You're not starting from scratch. Going, hey, we're an expansion team, or hey, we're the Jets. We suck. We got to rebuild every year. And we've got to, you know, fill twenty-two spots, and we only have four draft choices because we traded away, you know, four others. It's just, yeah, and like a lot of the young guys, their contracts aren't up soon, and we're still it's experiencing good, that balloon, 
encapsulate. <laughs> We're still having this balloon in cap space, and you won't have a massive quarterback contract under that. The big contracts yeah, we're looking at. So come 20- that's not coming till twenty twenty three. Next year, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you you'll have that one strong. year, but yeah. even even in twenty twenty three, you're still not looking at a massive amount of contracts. Like your your main guys. I mean, I think Irv Smith will need a new contract, but he hasn't done much. You should be you should be able to get him for relatively cheap, and then uh, you have Justin Jefferson. I don't, and yeah, yeah, and and still so Jeff and Jefferson's contract is not up yet. Most of the offensive line won't contract won't be up yet. At least the guy's worth keeping. So you have a massive amount of cap space to work with in 2023. I mean, it's two, it's 208 now. If it kind of follows the trend that it was, it'll probably be 218, 220. Well, I'm thinking more like so, 224, 225. Because that's when the big yeah. TV contracts kick in. So Right. So we're looking at we're looking at a absolutely massive amount remember, of cap space all for the Vikings to work all with. Free agent- Contracts and everybody's contract will scale up appropriately. We'll start to yeah, at yeah. yeah. But I mean, times. but you're looking at them at the possible something that they haven't been able to do since Kirk Cousins is sign big name difference makers on the football team come 2023. You still need to draft well because you cannot sign most of them, and a lot of times you sign these big contracts and they backfire on you. So mm-hmm. you still need to draft well in 22 to in 2023, but we haven't been able to do that. We've been kind of just signing these plug guys to fill spots. Now we're going to have a chance to sign bona fide stars, and you're looking at maybe a two year turnaround for the defense because we've wasted such a chunk somewhere on a particular player. <laughs> right, right, right. So what's that's that been go- relatively consistent? <laughs> has a high floor and a low ceiling, and they'll get you about five hundred of wins. So after after he's gone, you're, the possibilities are endless for this team. There's like they no, can go it, in any right. direction that they want to. It is it's it's a right we talk we'll go around this again. For whoever is available to be searched for as a head coach prospect, and I invite everybody that's watching and follows us, we'll be doing that as a group. Climbing a pocket network will most people will be looking into it. Deshaun will be one of the talent batters he's gonna dive into the draft here stuff here relatively soon. Uh, a lot of the guys are the draft guys. But all of us are going to be start looking at coach possibilities. Wayne, no, they did not fire Zimmer yet. Uh, earliest possibility is probably Friday, um, depending on how the game goes or it's the end of the year. Just I am so looking forward to that Steelers game going terrible, man. T.J. Watt's going to sack Cousins like six times. It's coming. Oh, they've got – gonna, He's going to – gonna break the record cam hayward bro i'm cam hayward is terrifying cam <laughs> hayward is a big boy and that's the one i just beast. finished and i didn't bring it in here uh they'll have to wait for wednesday um cam hayward's a big boy ben roethlisberger had a few good throws last week you know when you think ben's the walking dead he's i still got a little bit of him tj watt is is a beast on the outside yeah. so TJ what? It's you've got there's it's our tackles are gonna and tackles and guard and line are gonna have their line their hands full this week. Um it should be interesting. You got us coming off a very disappointing game and everybody and his brother is pissed all get out. You have the them Steelers coming, off, coming a off their big best win. One of this best winner of the season, maybe. 
Yeah. Uh, them coming off the best win in the season against uh, uh, Baltimore. It's a short week for both teams. They have to come to us. Like I said, I checked the weather in Minneapolis shortly before the show. It's a bit brisk outside. Most people aren't going to like that. Now, Steelers may like it. They normally play outside now. They're going in a nice, warm 72 U.S. degrees, 72 U.S. Bank Stadium. But we will find out. Uh, Dan, I drink every game. Uh, me too, Dan. Um, thanks to us. And probably half the fan base. So we're in good company. I don't So, real too. quick, to answer, <laughs> to answer Joseph, what position do I believe we draft first? And we'll get to the whole drafting. That's going to be a big thing here. I'm leaning edge. Uh, I spoke to Tyler about it. He says we should break the trend of going edge late, go edge early. There are some athletes in this draft that you compare with Hunter. Hunter is going to need a running mate here soon. Kicker is not a bad idea. I heard this. I heard there's a guy. Is there a guy? Is there a kicker here? Listen, listen. You never draft. I am so tired of here <laughs> drafting tickets. I've bought that before. Nope, never again. Um, well, so edge first. You look, you know, who's the best player available, right? And does that right. match your needs? If it doesn't match your needs, then then, you, then there's a discussion. Do I go BPA to pile another good player, or do I go a need pick, and how far is that need pick down from that BPA? Um, there's, a, there's also a guy named Sauce Gardner. I just – I. Listen, I don't draft him first. I just want a corner named Sauce Gardner because that has fantastic meme potential and it get me doing videos again. Love it. This man's name is Sauce. Like, what? He must be a great player. He has to be. You have to draft him off a name alone. <laughs> uh, Mark Austin is talking QB. Whereas Mon showed flashes. Mon hasn't shown squat. He's been hidden in the corner back at Ingen. He's stuck in one of the blue closets. He hasn't been given a chance to. Now, we realized how bad our depth was, and we kind of sent Mon out there with that depth and expecting to do something good. He hasn't. Now, just because Mon, and I'm kind of starting to agree. I think me and Miles talked about this. I'm starting to lean towards getting that QB, whether you see what Mon has or not. Mm-hmm. So there's a guy, uh, I know Tyler's really big on him, Carson Strong. Who, who might actually see himself sneak into the first round. Not super there will mobile, always but be pitch. The quarterback class is supposedly horrible, but there will always be quarterback inflation that pumps guys up. Somebody will have a great combine. They'll pump guys up beyond what they played and what they show on film, and they'll go up because, oh, this guy could be a first-rounder. They'll bump up, and quarterback needy teams will take him early. And then this happens every year. Everybody knows it. You can have a great class and take five quarterbacks in the first round and have four of them be superstars. Or you can have uh, a class, take five of them in the first round, and every last one of them be an absolute bust. And one turns into a good backup. And that's it. It's it's such a... It's a crapshoot. And we have to look at this year. We have to look at this year. Trevor yeah, Lawrence you always looks get, You got to look awful. at every year. You should be drafting Zach a quarterback Wilson at least awful. once every two years. Period. For development, Mon, I mean, trade bait later, something New England was great at. Yeah, like we talked up this last draft class as like maybe like the best ever or best since what since when we had that crazy class with uh Mur was it Murray and Allen Rosen and Darnold I think or I can't remember who all came out at the same time but 
this last draft class, you what what you under what what it taught us is that no matter how good these prospects are, Trevor Lawrence was compared to Andrew Luck. He is stinking it up down there in Jacksonville because the Jaguars suck. No matter how good these prospects are, they need a team and they need development. The same goes for these guys who are now being looked down on as one of the worst QB classes yeah, in maybe the last sure five enough, or six throughout years. history, one of those guys that's looked down upon turns out to come out of the seventh round and uh, and be and be a and be a beast and be a beast. So turn into a beast. Yep. So. I would encourage people to not look at it as a bad QB class. Look at the skills that the player has and decide whether you have the means to develop that. And that's that's the way it should be looked at. And that's how most that's how most teams are going to look at it. And that's why you'll still see QBs drafted early in what's considered a bad QB class. So I do think Carson Strong has a great arm. I think he uh, I think he sneaks into the first round. Kenny Pickett, who made that play that was making rounds on Twitter where he did the fake slide. He maybe, I don't know. I'm not really too, too familiar on what the like round by round QB names are going to be. But as of right now, I think the number one guy is Matt Carroll uh, kind of pulled a Zach, a Zach Wilson and came out of the woodwork and is now kind of the top QB prospect. So we'll see what happens there, but there's definitely, there's, there's guys there to be developed. They're going to have to be developed just like Calamon, but you're going to have a QB competition and that's always good for someone. Mm-hmm. So, Mark, we'll you are correct. There, Bradbury's but... grade was good yesterday. I looked at it; it was like I think a seventy-two overall. He was like seventy-four for uh, run blocking, and then he was sixty something for pass blocking. Uh, he was one of the better ones on the day. He was fresh. Yeah, he's uh, maybe getting benched. Did a little something to him. Yeah, but sometimes it we're takes getting. That. Uh... <laughs> Getting to the top of that hour, Dave. Uh, any last thoughts? Any last? Any more positive thoughts? I feel like we've uh, we spend sort well, of a positive. This show is about counting your blessings. We've gone over the few. We've got the young studs. We've got the young superstar. And if he keeps this up, be future Hall of Famer and Justin Jefferson. We've got the great opportunity for whoever comes in next. The attraction of what it is to come to Minnesota, the facilities, the U.S. Bank, Egan. Everything there is available. Uh, hopefully, we mentioned Brzezinski briefly. Brzezinski stays because he's the best cap guy in the league. Um, to work that, and over the next couple of years, we get that back to where we're consistently under the cap and we can fill in the holes as we need, building holes in the offensive line or in the defense or wherever we need it. And we don't have to deal with a massively overblown and small spots uh, salary cap base. There's there's so many good things that are possible. The owners, owners have always been good and supportive. There are, we have blessings going into this season, into this season of Christmas, you know, like white Christmas. And it tells us we have each other. We've got the greatest fan base in the world, including ours that comes here every night um, to watch us on Climbing the Pocket. We have great hosts like you and Tyler and uh, Tyler couldn't be here tonight. His work is kicking his butt. Um, it's it's that season uh, with what he does. He is maxed out there. Uh, he wish he could have been here. But it's there's a lot of positives. I mean, and and the whole idea of will next year continue or not? 
We know the resolution of that. It's either going to take winning deep into the playoffs or beyond, or it's gone. It's all going to be changed. So we know the answers already. So that's a good thing. Those are our blessings. Hey, and I want to I want to give a huge shout out to the crowds tonight, man. I think we have what 15, 16 different people commenting, engaging on the oh, show. Geez. This chat list is like a mile long. You guys, listen, <laughs> you guys make these shows, man. Like we do this for you. We do all this research. We do all this stuff for you guys to bring you guys entertainment. So as long as you guys are firing, we're going to be firing. And this makes the show so much better. We love talking to you guys. We love answering your questions. It's all a great time. You guys make make this hour such a great hour. Everybody continue coming back. And uh, maybe everybody will get an intro like Mary. But as of right now, you know, Mary is our our special one. She gets the the intro every time. And All right, remember, Dave, take us out, like, man. subscribe, ring the bell. It's great for the um, algorithm. And tell your friends. <laughs> we get a positive show. I don't yell every night. Um, even though I may want to, I don't yell every night. So everyone stay healthy. By all means, stay healthy. Stay warm. Stay happy. Enjoy your beverage of choice because why not? That's why they call it cheer. And Skull Vikings. And we'll see you tomorrow night for In the Huddle. They are back. They have already committed. And Wednesday, <laughs> we have um, Vikings Happy Hour with special guests, two old bloggers. We'll combine the two, drinking and pregame. What could go wrong? That's going to be an awesome mix. And then, of course, Thursday after the game, the final score again. Until then, what do we say? Skull! Skull Vikings! Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And if you're listening on your favorite aggregator, make sure you rate us. And always feel free to join the conversation here at Climbing the Pop.